Well, good morning. I'm glad everybody's here today. That was Tim Carpenter leading worship, and Matt was singing to my right. Did I say Tim Carpenter? <laughs> Tim Harper. <laughs> Tim Harper. Like, that's a blast, isn't yeah, it? Is, yeah. Funny. Yeah, that's a blast, isn't it? Yeah. Just to fill you in now, Tim Carpenter, I used to work at Center Grove Baptist Church. He was the music director there. Matt, he was his um, band director in high school, um, way back in the dark ages, when when you had hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, good friend. So, Tim, I'm sorry. Harper. Harper Carpenter. It doesn't even sound... Doesn't even sound similar, does it? <laughs> not, not at all. Well, um, I guess if you came to the 11 o'clock service, you woke up to a little bit warmer temperatures than what we did this morning at 6:30, which was 23 degrees at my house. My house. And <clears throat> the other news is next week we will wake up to a crisp 13 degrees, maybe 10 to 13 degrees, which uh, you know. You know, if you walk outside and you're not expecting it, it wakes you up, right? It, it's a substitute for coffee. But then you go back inside and get something warm to drink, right? Or you turn on, do y'all have those heat warming seats? How many of you have heat warming seats in your car? Yeah. Don't you just want to hug the guy that invented that? It, it could have been a lady. I don't know. But, you know, just, oh, just so awesome that they were that creative to say, you know, we need something to warm ourselves up because the heater isn't working. So that warm. And have you ever like had like pain in your back before and you turned on your heat warming seats in the car and it just felt better by the time you ever do that? Yeah. I've done that rarely, but I've done that a couple of times. But anyway, anyway, that's it. Um, <clears throat> this morning we are talking about wisdom. Wisdom. And uh, I just don't think I'm old enough to talk about this. I just, I just don't. I, I feel like um, it should be somebody older. It, it should be somebody that's got more wisdom. I mean, to talk about wisdom. But nonetheless, here we are today. And if I say wisdom to you, you probably have some type of image in your mind of somebody in your life that has wisdom. Probably have them. And it's, it's probably somebody, at least for me, somebody that either has a lot of gray hair on their head, right? Or no hair at all. You know, bald people generally, you know, have the, yeah, that, that guy must be wise. He's bald-headed. Because you never see like a monk, right? That's a Fabio, you know? <laughs> Having wisdom with the hair is just all, you know, you, you never see that. Like you never have that type of image. But people People bald-headed or gray-headed or a little bit older, you always think of that. And you might have thought of, actually, you might have thought of a lady that has, has wisdom in your life. Maybe a grandmother, a, a mother, or, or whatever. Women, that, that, that was really going to sound chauvinistic. Um, women have a lot of, that's still going to sound chauvinistic. What I'm trying to say is, you could have pictured a lady in your life that had wisdom. And that, that is an amazing thing. And if you have somebody in your life that you can think of, or multiple people, uh, you are blessed to have those people in your life. And you know, when they walk into a room, there's a heaviness that walks in with them, isn't it? Not a negative heaviness, 
but there's, there's kind of a weight. In fact, someone that you respect that has wisdom, when they walk into the room, you kind of change what you're doing, don't you? A little bit? Yes, you do. You do. You're a little more, little more careful. <clears throat> you, you're very, you treat them differently. Um, you want to hear what they have to say. You listen to them. You, you just kind of, it's just kind of a different feel when they walk into the room. And, and it does change you, even though I never change for anybody. You do. We change for different people in different situations. We all do it. And so, yeah, so wisdom. So we have that picture. Well, in Proverbs, there are several sketches of wisdom. And we're going to talk about those sketches today. And the first verse I want to go to in Proverbs is this one. It says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Get wisdom. You know, normally in Scripture, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And it's repeated over and over in Scripture. The, the wisdom, you know, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Here, it's the beginning of wisdom is this. Get it. Just go after it. Go after it. Grab a hold of it. Get it. And whatever you get, get insight from it. So when you get it, get some insight from it is, is what this is, this is uh, saying. Uh, a couple of months ago, <clears throat> I started to read about how paintings and like pencil drawings of great artists in the world were put together because I'm just a nerd in that particular fashion. I just look for things that I don't know about and, I, and I'm kind of interested in and I just start reading about them. And so what, it, what I found, and I wish, I wish I had marked this, I wish I had put it in a folder so that I could show you some pictures so that you can see these sketches. What I've found out is some of our major works of art, painting and, and drawing, like pencil drawings, um, are from artists that were creating a masterpiece and they thought, I want to put a tree there. So what they did was they went over to a sketchbook and they started sketching like 50 trees, 50 different types of trees that could possibly fit on the painting. And then they picked one of those sketches and they put it on the painting. So they were like, okay, I need a mountain there. <clears throat> I need a river there. And they would go over here and they draw the river. And literally, it's 25 to 50, sometimes 70 to 100 pictures of rivers and mountains just to see what would fit. And then they would take that image and they would reproduce it on the masterpiece. And I realized in that moment that I was reading about this, that that is my problem artistically. I will draw a picture and then I'll put a bird on it that doesn't look like any of the rest of the picture. It, it, any of you in here draw or anything like that? I'm not that good at it, but you know, you draw sometimes and you're like, I want this there and you make the tree too big or the clouds too big or the bird too big or the people's faces are huge and stuff like that. Well, well the way you create a masterpiece is that you draw all these over here. You have a lot of time to do that, I guess. And then you put it to the masterpiece. Now I'm nowhere close to creating a masterpiece. That is not what I'm saying. I was just really just kind of having a little fun with it. But this is precisely what uh, Proverbs is doing. Uh, the writer of Proverbs is giving you sketches of wisdom for the first like nine chapters, and he puts it all together in one location at the very end. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to sketch out what wisdom is. So can anyone in the room just top of their head give me a definition of wisdom? Don't worry, this happened in the first service. It's very quiet. Wish there's... 
Do what? Knowledge gained from life experience. That's a good one. That's good. Anyone else? Huh? Knowledge of God. Good. Anyone else? What is wisdom? Common sense, which isn't so common. Right? Right, because like if when you look around, you wonder if people even know what that is. Like what is common, common sense? Yeah, but yeah, it comes from common sense. So that, that's very good. Um, here's, <clears throat> here's mine, okay? And this is technical. Sorry about that. Not really. But uh, wisdom is, the under, is to understand life from God, from his perspective, and apply that to your life. Now, that doesn't encompass it all. In fact, that is a very, I, I think, a very kind of shallowish sort of definition of wisdom because wisdom is more than that. It is knowing how God wants you to live your life. It is accepting those principles into your life. It is living those out, but it's more than that. It, it's, um, it's understanding and having insight as to how things work at the end of the day. So you, you know how things work. I think of um, people, when I read about them in scripture and, and even historical stuff, that were sailors that talk about how they read the winds and the waves and the stars, and they navigated a ship before there was, you know, a computer navigating it, and they were able to read it all, and they were able to use that wisdom to get that ship to where it's supposed to go. Have you ever tried sailboating? I hate water, but I've been on a sailboat before, and it is amazing to me how the people that know what they're doing can watch the wind and get that ship to where it's supposed to go. That is kind of a picture of me of wisdom, a picture of wisdom to me. So you, it's a ship and you look at where wisdom is and you let it guide your sails and you try to understand it and you experience it as you do something because nothing is truly known until you do it. In fact, you can't impart wisdom to someone else unless you've already done what you're talking about. You can impart knowledge for instance, Google's good at this. You can get all kinds of knowledge on Google, but it's not wisdom. Somebody that has done something can impart wisdom to you and tell you how they made mistakes, and this is the way that you can avoid those same mistakes. I recently <clears throat> started snowboarding. Recently, yeah. You can, you can uh, weigh the wisdom of that if you want to, the wisdom of that. But it started last year. And so what I did to start was, was I watched some videos on YouTube because, you know, you can find anything on YouTube and somebody will be teaching you how to do it. So I watched these videos on YouTube on how to, how to snowboard and stuff like that. I watched these things. And then I read about it because I'm a reader. So I looked up some stuff. I read about it. I read tips for if it's your first time, what you do and all that kind of stuff. And then I decided to get a personal trainer. And I have a brother-in-law, Clay Anderson, who met me on Boone Mountain. I guess it's Boone Mountain. It's the one up there in Appalachian. It's not sugar. It's, um, it is, it's not beach. It's Appalachian. Yeah, I said it right. Yeah, I said it right. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, <clears throat> I got the name right. Yeah, so I so went up there, went up there to, to snowboard, and he taught me. He taught me about the back edge, the toe edge, and, and how to stop, which I feel like at my age is very important. 
So I, so I learned a little bit, and it's when I put my feet in that board and tried to get up for the first time that I realized all the YouTube videos that I watched, I have wasted my time. All the stuff that I read, I totally wasted my time. What I wasn't wasting my time with was clay telling me what to do, right? And so there's a way you get up on toe edge and there is a way you get up this way and you just do what's comfortable to you. And so I have learned how to snowboard to a certain point. Like I'm very slow. I'm a very slow snowboarder. So if you want to race, I will race to see how slow, how, you know, Who's going to be the last one to get down there? And I will probably win because I'm really slow. I turn the board and then I kind of slow myself down and then I turn the board, slow myself down, do toe edge and all that kind of stuff. But the point of this is all of that reading meant nothing. But what really made the biggest difference was somebody with wisdom that had done it before passing it on to me so I could learn how to actually snowboard. And so, you know, I'm, I'm slow. I'm still on the beginner slow. Uh, the last time I went <clears throat> was last last Tuesday the 3rd of this month is, is when I went. And I didn't go up a level because dummy me rented a snowboard, got a helmet, and didn't try on the helmet before I got to the, to the mountain. So the helmet didn't fit, right? And so I wasn't going to go up to an intermediate level without a helmet because at my age, that is wisdom, <clears throat> right? That is wisdom. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading with verse 20. And this is the first sketch of wisdom from Proverbs. Okay? Verse 20. Chapter 1 says this. Wisdom cries loud in the street. And in the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So the reason that I raised my voice was because those particular words are very loud words. She she is pictured as being in the street, loudly proclaiming that she's there. She is pictured that she's in the market, loudly proclaiming that she is there. She's pictured at the gates, loudly proclaiming that she is there. See, when I think of somebody with wisdom, I think of somebody that's very quiet. And you have to kind of lean in to hear what they have to say. And they talk very slowly. Well, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I would do it this way. And they type, you know, kind of, they're kind of soft-spoken. You don't picture somebody with wisdom being loud. But here's a picture of a city. And, and Lady Wisdom is crying loudly to try to get your attention. So wisdom, according to this passage of Scripture, should be at the center of all of our lives. It should be the thing that drives us. It should be the thing that guides us. It should be the thing that we live by, that we make decisions by. It should be at the center of everything that we do. She wants to be at the center of everything you do. In the city, in the streets, in the marketplace, wherever you are, wisdom is crying out for you to listen to her so that your life 
will be a life that is guided by wisdom. She is loud. Is she in the center of your life? See, I believe that our country would be different if the government would have Lady Wisdom at the center of what they listen to. I believe that economics would be better if people would listen to the wisdom in their life. She's crying out, don't buy that, don't charge that, do it this way. And if people would just listen to her, they would, their bank accounts would be a little bit different. And wisdom should be at the center of everything. There are families in this room, maybe, possibly. Well, all of us, yeah, I can say this. There are families in this room that wisdom should be at the center of your family. And it might be. It absolutely might be. You might consult wisdom and make wise decisions, but every family in this room should have wisdom guiding their family, guiding what they do, guiding their decisions, guiding everything. Because if you don't have lady wisdom, if you're not listening to lady wisdom, that should be the center of your life, you will live a life of folly and destruction. You will. And so she is out there. Wisdom is crying out to get your attention. She is shouting to let you know that you can have her at the center of your life. But you and I sometimes do not allow Lady Wisdom to be at the center of what we're doing. We don't, we don't listen for her. We don't, we don't look for her. Why is that? Well, in chapter 2, I think we get an answer to that question. Um, if you read it fast, you'll miss it. But it's there. Verse 1 says this in chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. So this net sketch is... Wisdom is a hidden treasure. What, what, what in the world does that mean? Because as soon as I read hidden treasure, I'm thinking pirates. Arg, where's the map? You know, and you start looking for it that way. But this is not what the writer of Proverbs is talking about. This is hidden for a total different reason. The reason that lady wisdom is often hidden in our lives is because of the noise in our lives. You see, Lady Wisdom is crying out, not in a town, not in a village, but in a city that is very busy. Lots of noise, lots of people. That is the picture. That is the sketch. It's really loud. There's a lot going on. So she's crying out, and she's one voice in thousands of voices, in thousands of things that is making noise and distracting us from actually seeking her and finding her and listening to her. It's very loud. So wisdom is hidden because of all the noise and the busyness. You know, you think of a city, it's really busy. All the busyness in our lives. My question to you this morning is how busy are you? Are you so busy that you cannot listen to wisdom? 
Are you so busy that you can't slow down to kind of seek her, find her, and make your decisions accordingly? Or are you just going from here to there, from there to here, from here to there, from there to here, from there, here to there, from there to here, from here to there to there? You ever feel that way? Like you're just going and going and going and going. And here there, you never have any rest. And you, it's just the next thing that you're going to do, the next thing that you're going to do, the next thing that you're going to do. And it's so much, it's so much going on. Or it's, and I'm not making fun of this because I'm, I like technology. And if you know me, you know that I'm telling you the truth. I love technology. Or is it the next post, 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 the next picture, the next post, the next post, the next post that I want to read. Uh, the next video on YouTube, the next video on, on, on chat, is it, is, are you so encompassed by technology and all that noise that you're missing wisdom in your life? <clears throat> and wisdom you can't find on Google. And wisdom you can't find on a, a Facebook post. You can find words of wisdom, yeah. But, but wisdom is when you kind of step back and you listen for her. And yeah, okay, there's some posts sometimes that are very wise that help you out. Absolutely. And then there's this person over here that's speaking a word of wisdom because of something that has happened in their life and you learn from it. And then it guides you in what you're going through. You have to take time to settle down and listen for wisdom and seek it out. You have to get through the noise of the city to get to wisdom. And you and I, oftentimes, not only is there so much noise going on in our life, we tend to add to that noise. Our emotions sometimes add to that noise. We get so, <clears throat> sometimes so upset and so involved so quickly that our mind is just going like this. You ever, you ever have that happen? Your mind just kind of go like this? And before too long, you can't even hear wisdom because all you can hear is your own mind. So you have to kind of put that aside and kind of settle down a little bit and, and kind of relax a little bit and say, what, what is the best way to do this particular thing? And who's the person in my life that's already been down this road before? Or what experiences have I had that I've learned from that will help me in this moment. There isn't a moment that God ever gives you that he, has, he hasn't already given you the tools to kind of make it through. He's given you some level of wisdom. You can go out and ask people and add to that wisdom, but you're kind of ready for anything that comes your way. But man, you just need to listen for her and she's readily available. She's always there, this wisdom is. She's crying out, and she's not hiding. We're the ones that hide her. Does that make sense? So look for her is what <clears throat> this is saying. So you look for her. She's a hidden treasure. She is more valuable than silver and gold, a full bank account, and a big house. She is more valuable than all of that. Um. We're going to read this here in a minute, but when you have wisdom, you tend to be joyful and positive when you have wisdom. The reason is, is because gold and silver, I know people with gold and silver that aren't happy. I know people that have a lot of money that are foolish with the money that they have. They become very foolish with it. It's not, it's not that wisdom is, is more important because when you have it, you have the most precious item that you could ever possess here in this world. You have wisdom to get through and you have happiness and you have a direction for 
your life. So, so yeah, so we, that brings us to uh, chapter 3. Chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. And the picture starts to be put together at this particular point. And this is what it says. It says, blessed or fortunate is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing else you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and her, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her and those who hold her fast are called blessed. She is a tree of life. That particular life is, is, a, is a word that not only means life, but it means kind of a vibrancy of life, like a celebration, like a celebration of life. If you've ever been to uh, not a funeral, but a birthday party, which is a celebration of life, and you're really excited, like maybe it's you, that it's your birthday. And when you get a particular age, you're kind of glad that you're adding a number to it. Right? When you're younger, you just want to get older so you can drive and so you can do adult kind of stuff and maybe eventually get, get somewhere with your life. But, you know, after that and you have kids, you're kind of like, yeah, whoo, yeah, yeah. I made it to 40. Yeah, Made it to 45. woo Yeah. I made it to 51. Ha! You know, yeah, we made it. Yeah. Still healthy. Still good. Heart beating great. I don't eat like it should be, but it is, you know. Very, very happy about it. So it's, it's a celebration. And the picture here, the tree of life, is that when you listen to wisdom and when you make it a part of your life, there is a celebration that happens. You are excited about life because you are doing it right, you're going for something, and man, it's just good because folly is just destruction. It's just sorrow. There's a peace that comes with this wisdom. So it's a tree. It's a tree. Um, the next sketch is uh, found in verses 19 through 20. And it's more of a statement than, than a sketch. And we'll do this really quick. It says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. Now, if you dig a little bit deeper into that verse, it will tell you that the Lord created wisdom, and it was the first thing that he created. So God created wisdom, and then he created the world by using the tool of wisdom. So the picture here in this short little verse is that wisdom is a tool of God that he used to create the universe, to create everything that you see. He used wisdom. Verse 20, by his knowledge, the depths broke open, the deeps broke open, and the clouds drop down the dew. And that leads us to Proverbs chapter 6, okay? So turn to Proverbs chapter 6. And this is what it says. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O slugger, when you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want 
and won't like an armed man. Have any of you ever had ants in your house? Ants in your house? Yeah. We've never had the big ones. Yeah, it's a fish story. We've never had the big ones. You know, the big ones, the black ones, stuff like that. We've always had the teeny tiny ones that, that come in. And usually they come in like right after it rains. I don't know why. I kind of know why. Probably because they're fished out or whatever, so to speak. But they all come in. So it, ants are, are so tiny. So if you have Rice Krispies in your house, you can pour Rice Krispies sometimes into a bowl and not even see that the ants were in, in the Rice Krispies. It's not until you add the milk and the ants float to the top that you actually see that there were ants. Have you ever had this happen? Like, you can't see it. Like, they, they, they're kind of the same color, and you're not expecting it, right? I'm not looking at it. So you pour it in, and then they float to the top. It kind of, oh. And then what do you do? Well, you, you get rid of the Rice Krispies and and stuff like that, because it's a very, it's very much an inconvenience for you that the ants has decided to have Rice Krispies for breakfast in the winter. Right? But for the ant, it is in their minds what they are supposed to be doing. See, they have a goal. They have a goal. They are storing up food for the winter. They have that goal. And it tells us to consider the ant because the ant has goals. And not only does it have a goal, it figures out how to achieve that goal. For instance, the ants that have been at my house in my Rice Krispies said, okay, well, where can we find food? Oh, smells like food in this pantry. I don't even know if they can smell. I don't know. I took that class in school, but have no idea right now. But let's just go with it. Let's humanize the ant because if Pixar can do it, I can do it too. Okay? I can do it too. So they're smelling this food and they go into your pantry like, hmm, man, I can't get into that because Nicole, she put that into a container, a Tupperware container, and we hate Tupperware containers. So they go on through and they're, oh, Phillips Rice Krispies. He didn't quite close them the last time that he ate the Rice Krispies, and we can get in there, and, and they're doing what they are designed to do. Now, I'll have to tell you that those ants are now dead. We got rid of the ants in the pantry. There's little stuff you put out and kill the whole colony. I have no problem doing that because they mess with my, with my thing. But they are designed to meet that goal, and they go through like a system. Like, where can we find it? Well, you know, ants eat anything, right? Dead bugs, Dead stuff, if you drop sugar, like tomatoes in your garden, if they go to, to the ground, ants will be around there. There's a lot of stuff that ants do because they are focused on achieving their goal. A sluggard isn't. A little folding of the hands, a little sitting back. Life just kind of happens to a slugger. Just happens to it. In fact, I have a, a friend of mine, Pete Wilson, that would say that um, a sluggard goes into default mode, and an ant is purposeful in everything that they do. In fact, he would use, D, he, he likes these Ds, designed future. Yeah, he says they're designed with their future, and the sluggard is like in a default mode, just kind of just goes through life, and, and whatever comes is what they react to. But the ant has goals in mind. So here, here's a picture of wisdom that tells you and I 
that you and I should have goals that we want to achieve. Let me ask this question. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? Okay, a couple people made New Year's resolutions. Good. Um, how many of you have kept them till the 14th of Good job, good job. In the first service, half of the hands went down. They'd already like negated their uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't think there's anything wrong with the New Year's resolution. I think it's a goal. I think it's a goal that you think about going for. And if you go for it for eight days, good job. If you go for it for a couple months, good job. At least you tried to make your life better for a limited period of time. How many of you just have goals for 2024? You just have goals. You call them goals. Goals for 2024? Yeah. I have some goals for, for 2024, things I would like to achieve, um, direction I'd like to go in, uh, completion of a book possibly by the end of the year, maybe. It's not on Proverbs, but it's another type of book. So yeah, just type of goals that you're actually going for. Now, what I know about my goal is that I might not achieve my goal, but at least it's there. And I'll just postpone it a little bit. But you work through your goals because God wants you to have goals. He wants you to have some type of direction for your life. And he wants you to come up with those goals yourself. Yes, there are times that God tells you what to do. Yes, there are times that he says, you need to go here. You need to do this. This is a calling on your life. Absolutely. But God has designed you to make decisions for your life, have goals for your life, and go for those goals. And when you figure out what you need to do, and you say, this is a goal for me, God will say, I knew you could think of that. I'm for you. So God not only calls you from the outside, he calls you from the inside. Let me just give you kind of a, a simple kind of spiritual goal for this year. Maybe some of you in the room need to make it a goal to wake up 15 minutes early every morning and hit your knees to pray for your day. Maybe that's not something you do. But you hit your knees and you, and you make it a goal. You wake up 15 minutes earlier with the thought in mind that as soon as that alarm goes off, I'm gonna hit my knees on the floor and I am going to pray. I'm going to pray for 15 minutes and ask God to bless my day and ask God to give me direction and ask God for his, his blessing is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that every day. And I know that that's not a goal. Like I want to get a new job. I want to achieve this here. I want to achieve this there. But that is a substantial goal that will affect your life in a more powerful way than any other type of goal that you can have. Spending time with God. And, and some of you might need to just make that goal. And I'm going to try to do this every day. I'm going to try to get on my knees and, and stay that way every day. For others of you in this room, you just need to have a goal of some direction, of some type. Now, I'm not accusing people in this room of not having a goal. I'm just talking to the people that are sitting there thinking, I don't have any goals for this year. I was just going to let God and just go with whatever God put in front of me. I was just going to adjust myself to whatever whatever he does. That is not how God wants you to live. Does he want you to adjust to what he wants you to adjust to? Absolutely. But he gave you a mind to think, hey, I need to improve on something this year, and this is what I'm going to improve on, and I am going to go for that. You see, if you don't have any goals for this year, 2024 is going to be the same type of year as 2023. 
It's not going to change. Not going to change. But you have goals, you have things you want to see done, you have things that you want to see accomplished, whether it's in your house, at your job, uh, personally, whatever it might be, financially, you make those goals and you go toward them. Nicole and I have a goal, and we've been working on it for quite some time, um, and it's a goal we would like to move to Davie County. We would, we would just like to move to Davie County. We lived in Forsyth County, so our kids could go to Forsyth County schools. I'm not saying anything about Davie County schools, but what I am saying is I didn't want my kids to be the pastor kids at Davie County School. That, so they were, no, they were not pastor kids at Forsyth County schools. And if you've never been a pastor kid, you have no idea why that's important. But it's so important for them not to be pastor kids. And so, so we did that. So they're now in college. They're, they're doing their own life, and we would like to move to Davie County. So we have some things that we're trying to do in our house to get our house ready to sell. Now, it might be two or three years before we get all these things done, because I don't know if you know this or not, but it takes money to prepare your house to be a better quality house so that you won't live in it so someone else will. <laughs> so that you can't enjoy it but somebody else will enjoy all your hard work. Yeah, it, it takes some money. So it might, it might take a little while to do that, but there's some stuff that we're trying to do. But it is a goal, right? It's a direction. And you need to have goals because at the end of the day, end of the day, you either create your future or someone else does. And if you just go through life Folding your hands and being a slugger and just reacting to everything that happens around you and adjusting accordingly, someone else is creating your future. You are going into the future whether you want to or not. And it's much better for you to be in control of said future than for someone else to be in control of that future. And God expects you to take some responsibility for your life, right? It's not them, it's me. This is what, this is what, what I need. So yeah, be an ant, don't be a slugger. And that leads us to Proverbs chapter eight. Now, <clears throat> I am going to read Proverbs chapter 8 because it's the full portrait of what we've talked about this morning and more, okay? And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. This is not a translation that I would say that you should digest all the time, but it is a fair, it's a fair paraphrase of Scripture, and I like it. There's some parts about it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, this is good, okay? So uh, New Living Translation and Proverbs chapter 8, and this is what it says. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads of North and Main. By the gates at the entrance to town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people use good judgment. You foolish people show some understanding. Listen to me. For I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth. And detest every 
kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign rightly, and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even purest gold. My wages are better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. The Lord created me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there. When he established the heavens and when he drew the horizons on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above and when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his consent, delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created. How I rejoiced with the human family. And so, my children, listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. Isn't that good? Yeah. Pursue wisdom. So here's one easy way that you can pursue it for the next week. Actually, you can start today. Before you go to sleep tonight, read Proverbs chapter 1, pray, and ask God to show you a piece of wisdom from that chapter. And then tomorrow, read Proverbs chapter 2, and ask God to show you one little piece of wisdom from that chapter. Tuesday, chapter 3, and so forth, forth all the way till you get through chapter 9. Chapter 9 should be next Sunday, if I've done maybe the math. That's not right, is it? Chapter 8, next Sunday, is where you should be, and chapter 9 will be on Monday. But if you do that and ask God to show you wisdom, that is a way that you can pursue it, get rid of the noise, and hear something that you can apply to your life so that this year will be better than last year. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us, and thank you for this lesson on wisdom. I pray for the person in the room or the people in the room, I'm not sure which it would be, that are challenged because they know that they have no goals. They know that they just react to things that happen to them in this life and they want that to change. 
So I ask that they'll go home and make goals, write them down, and any goal that they put on that piece of paper or they type into their phone or wherever they might do it, any goal that is not sanctioned by you, that you would reveal that to them very quickly so that they can delete that and go for the goals that you approve of. And I know that in that moment that you'll empower them to achieve those goals. I ask that after they do these goals, that they'll look at them and try to figure out how they can take steps to achieve them. And they will begin doing that um, immediately. For those of us in the room that have goals already for this year, I do ask that you show us the ones that you would rather us not do so we can erase those and not go for those. Um, But the ones that you would have us do, Father, help us to stay on task, help us to get those done and give us the wisdom that we need to achieve those things in our life. We love you. We're thankful for wisdom that you created before you created the foundations of the world and the universe. We're very thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing this song. The altar is open and I'm also here to pray for you.